All right, we live. Yo, this is a Beat People podcast. I believe it's episode 30. Last last episode, I said it was 28 when it was really 29. So that makes this episode 30. And uh, thanks for rocking with us if you've been rocking with us. I got my people in the place to be. What's up, D? Man, you already know. Saturday in the midst of a ton of work. You know, we moving, so. Word. Packing, but you know, I always got to make time for this, man. I love this. Word. I appreciate you, bro. Um, How you doing? And plus, plus the show is 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 very much like uh, uh, giving people a peek into how we chat it up and, and rap every day anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> except except our, our our Marco Polo is very unfiltered. Oh yeah, super unfiltered. <laughs> there's probably a, a not only the, the the unfiltered side, but then there's a lot of proprietary, maybe private information. Word <laughs> up! What's up, Ken? Hey, um, I'm not sure if my signal is going to be better on Wi-Fi or off of Wi-Fi, so I'll probably hop between. You guys can tell me which is best. Right now, I'm a uh, I'm working with that dude. You're working yeah, with that do. dope. Ken, that's probably for the private chat. Yeah, I'm over here at the um at the at the new spot, and uh, I'm I'm working on the gas line right now. Um, so, Word. yeah. So, uh, I I want to say something before I get started into the show. Um, mm-hmm. Good friend of mine and uh, studio engineer. My buddy Nick Rotundo is uh, from Clay Creek Recordings. He, if anybody's big into like the hardcore punk scene or anything like that and knows anything about my area, then they know Nick Rotundo is the guy who recorded like Boy Sets Fire. He was in Walleye, Railhead, like a lot of, lot of pretty awesome bands and um, a brain aneurysm about two weeks ago. Um, just it wasn't feeling great and uh face planted had a had a brain aneurysm he's been in the hospital in a coma since then um i've i've gone and visited him a few times and uh it's not looking great but uh i just wanted to send thoughts and and good vibes out to the family um it's 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 a sad loss to the community to see uh him go and uh at this point he's in hospice and we're kind of just hoping he can pass peacefully at this point. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, just let everybody know that, you know, this guy is a legend, um, not just in the area, but just in, in the, especially in the hardcore punk industry. So, um, just sad to see him go. And I just wanted to get that out of the way first so that we can get back yeah. to regular topics. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. As a matter of fact, man, uh, prayers and, and good wishes out to him and his family and to you. Um, you know I mean? It's tough to, to lose a friend like that, and it's not easy uh, in this particular yeah, situation. Yeah, it's rough. So. And, and this, is the guy, this is the guy who basically, like, you know, in my younger teen years uh, that I was looking up to that was engineering bands and that I was kind of watching, so more send that message out that's why we gotta that's why we gotta honor the people while they're here man because so you never know when your time is up you know because life is a vapor so we just always got to make sure that we just honor the people we admire all the time and that's i'm glad you you brought that up ken word i agree 
No yeah, doubt. so I just wanted to send that shout out. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of topics to cover. I'll be just so the people know. Um, I'm kind of because I am like we're rushing to get into this house as fast as possible. So that's why you guys see me always over here working. Um, so if you see my video, go to just my logo and it takes me a second to respond. It's because uh, I'm making noise that you guys don't need to hear. So just be patient. Word. So yeah, man, let's uh let's see what we got for topics here. A B. So we were talking about plugins. Tell me a little bit about the plugins you've been using as of late or that you've been kind of eyeballing and getting into. Okay, so man, there's this company uh called Unfiltered Audio. Okay. Man, they make some of the dopest plugins I've ever used. Um Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, you can find them on the Plugin Alliance website. Okay. Um, and man, I recently got the uh, Spec Op uh, uh, processor, and I also got the Unfiltered Audio Zip, which is like a really crazy compressor, and it just does like frequency break based compression. Uh huh. It does. Spec Op is basically like a spectral analyzer that basically processes thing on a spectral basis like frequency and just breaks it apart into different things so man it, it's just been really creative for me just creating textures and creating sound design and all that sort of stuff uh we, me and you were talking about uh slate's distressor right yeah 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 man yeah that joint is crazy right there yeah, all their stuff is crazy. Yeah, so this is the spec op joint you were yes. talking about, right? Yeah, as of right now, I own every single plugin they have. Oh, dope. <laughs> so what's the Sandman Pro? I actually oh, have oh, I seen you playing with the Sandman Pro before. Yeah, I think you may have showed Sandman us this. Pro is for me after Echo Boy, by far it's the dopest delay plugin on the market. Dope. Okay, dope. I'm gonna have to check these joints and, out. And it's real <laughs> modular too, because you can do patching, you can send modulation. To most of the, you can modulate any parameter with the modulation matrix. Wow. Yeah, and that and that's how all their plugins operate. <clears throat> that's modulate. dope. So they let you get granular into what you can exactly. do. Exactly. They have a mod matrix on every single plugin, even if it's a distortion plugin. Right. The mod matrix that you can modify everything. Dope. It's really, really, really dope. You may have um, just got them a couple sales because I want to check them out now. Then there's Dent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dent and Dent. Dent. Yeah. So Dent is basically analog heat in the form of a plugin. Hmm. Dope. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, yo. And, like, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no excuse for people not to make dope sounding stuff because if you can't afford the hardware, there's plugins there's out, out there, there that do crazy stuff. Yeah, you know what? I've been, I, I have not done it yet, but for years now it feels like, <laughs> and I always forget, but I keep meaning to get in, get some uh, sound toy stuff because I, I've never heard anything but good stuff about sound Black, toys. Black Friday, Corey. There it is. That's what's up. Yeah. I bought the whole bundle like three Black Fridays ago. Word. How much did it run you? Uh, dude, so normally it's like five something. I got the whole bundle for like two fifty. Wow. Dope. Yeah, like I saw that Black Friday deal. I was like, snatchy, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's up. I'm gonna have to um 
I'm gonna have to wait till Black Friday. You know something else I've, I've been looking at uh, specifically about Black Friday because you don't you I can't buy UAD stuff on a regular day because they'd be too. Oh, <laughs> you gotta wait till Black Friday or mid year whenever they do the stuff. Tell me about it, man. But yeah, what is it? The is a like a EMS reverb? Oh, the EMT. Yeah, the EMT reverb. I think it is. Uh, it had it's a dope plate reverb. So you know, a couple days ago, all this week, I've been bugging out about plate reverbs and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And um, that was one of them that I checked out. I think Willie. Uh, yeah, I got three, I got three three reverbs from UAD. I have the EMT one forty. Mm -hmm. I have the Ocean Way Studio joint, which is really oh. dope because it's not only just a reverb, it's also like a mic modeling kind of plugin. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have the Realverb Pro, so that's a pretty cool joint. The stuff just sounds good, man. So, but I will go for that EMT. But you know, wait, let me make sure that it's the EMT because I get the feeling that it's it's one that just came out, but. I don't know if it is the hey, Corey, while you're talking about those um yeah those plate reverbs, uh audio damage has EOS two mm -hmm. and uh that's got some really cool plate reverb sounds in it as well. Yeah, it's a really dope uh I got the iOS version. That joint is that goes on everything. Yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing is that is that it's iOS and it's and it's also uh VST and all that good stuff. So yeah, it's it's really dope, man. I've been using that a ton on stuff. I what I really like using that for is just like add just like ambience to whatever. Like if I'm trying to put something in a space, it's like one of the first things I'm reaching for right now. This is the one. It's called AMS RMX 16 Expanded Digital Reverb. Ah, uh, I know what you're talking about. That joint sounds dope. <laughs> it sounds really did, incredible. Did you demo it? Uh yeah, I was demoing it, and I, that's what that's why I know I want to buy it on Black Friday. That's gonna be one of them. Yeah, get get that joint, man. UAD plugins be like seven hundred dollars for a plugin. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> is that joint with a come with a haircut and a sandwich? Yeah, right. <laughs> You'd be like, y'all gonna send me the knobs and the faceplate in the mail, right? Yeah. I'm like, man, will this mow my lawn too? Yeah, straight up. That is the truth. That's why, you know, when you buy, if you ever get to a point where you buy uh, Apollo products or UAD hardware, make sure you do it when they got a deal going on where you get five extra plugins yeah. <laughs> with whatever you're buying. That's that's what I did, man. I, I bought it. I got it when I, I got my Apollo on sale. I got my plugins on sale. So, yeah, that's what's up. And they and yo, that's the thing a lot of people don't know. They give you vouchers a lot. They'll always yeah, drop they like fifty dollar vouchers in your in your account. Yep. And that's good because it just helps towards doing that. I think it's just working smart. The same way we save up for hardware, just mm -hmm. make sure that you have tools for making your stuff like presentable as far as like presenting the final product to people. Cause like having a ton of like analog gear is great. And I mm -hmm. tell people all the time, it's good to have that stuff. But it's it doesn't mean nothing if you can't mix well. That's that's or, or true. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, or if, yep. or if you don't know how to compress something the right way or limit something the right way. Um, that's true, oh, and, and that's just about with anything. Like, people like to go out and even talk about a bunch of compressors and stuff. And if you don't know how to use them, it's just gonna make everything trashy. Well, well, here's here's <laughs> one thing, Corey, and this is something that I've always been telling a lot of people. It doesn't matter what brand you have. Mm -hmm. A compressor is a compressor. They all act the same way. Mm -hmm. 
They all do the same thing. Now there's different styles. Whoa, 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 wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa. Wait. Did you say they all wait, act what? the same way? Wait, wait. Um, let me finish my sentence. I'm saying there's different styles. Uh, it better be a good finish to that sentence. <laughs> Dude, let me finish though. I'm like, yo, they all there's different styles of compression. There's opto compression. There's there's different stuff. So there's different textures. And there's different. You better finish this sentence better than that. Wait, no, I kind of think I know where you're going, though. Like it, they. Well, they, no. how to use a compressor is. It, how to use one, sure. Essentially, but, man, they, you, they look are at, the same, you look at different compressors and the way that they, the, the way that they slope and cut off and. No, no, you but know, that's very, like saying that, very technical, though. What I'm saying is, most oh. people want to go buy the crazy expensive compressors, and they don't know how to use a stock one. So what oh, I'm here, about- here's what I'll say to that. Here's what I'll say to that. Most plugins, well, like a plug-in compressor for the most part, <clears throat> different than the hardware. Like, no, and I know that that's like, you know, but with that being said, like there's a major difference between, you know, even just using like a, like a FET compressor, two different FET compressors that one might have a really fast cutoff or like gating type sound. Like, like if you get like a cheap 3630, and that thing sounds like it almost sounds like a noise gate went the way yeah. it cuts off. It's something that's going to be maybe twice the price. No, it's going to no, have, I know a, it's have different, a nice but I'm slope. saying knowing how to use compression and knowing what compression does is very yeah. important before going. Oh, absolutely. Out. Fundamentals are always important. Yeah, yeah, yeah before going out and buying the most expensive. Yeah, because whatever. a lot of times what happens is people see a new plugin come out and it has a certain name. And it's just like, oh, I'm going to go get that because it's going to make it sound this way. Wait, do you know what kind of compressor that's modeling? Do you know that's modeling a, you know, a digital compressor? Do you know that it's not modeling an analog compressor? So for me, I'm just like, yo, like, don't buy plugins because it's cool to use whatever plugins that everybody's using. Because what's going to happen is you're going to end up wasting a lot of money and have a lot of plugins sitting on your hard drive that you don't use. When you really had stuff built into your software, that's really that's what I was about to say. Is that really most dolls today have great compressors built in? Like Studio One has a great compressor built right into it. You know, Logic has a great compressor built right into it. Like most of these have really really nice compressors built into them. The only thing that you're getting with the plugins a lot of the time is one a different user interface, and sometimes that inspires people. And then two, you know, some of them handle saturation and things like that a little bit different. Um, Of course. So so there's there's that for just like slightly different colors. But let's be realistic. I mean, you can get similar colors by doing other techniques, you know, yeah, running course. through other saturation plugins, which are usually in that doll already. You know, there, there's lots of other ways of getting there. But yeah, I, I would say like to me, like I've got a bunch of d- different VST plugins that, yeah. that are nice compressors, but I usually pick them more for certain color schemes as opposed yeah. to like, Thank hey, you. does it compress any better? Like, n- usually yeah. not so much about compressing better. It's more usually about, like, oh, how do they model distortion in this one or whatever? Yeah, but, the, mm-hmm. but then that's where that's where you're getting into the texture and the, and the frequency response of these different kind of compressors. Like, you're choosing them because of their character. So the thing is, a lot of companies market, like, they'll use, like, here's a new Neve compressor. And because we know we associate Neve, to be with something high end, we buy into that when really we just spent a thousand dollars on something that we could have been doing with stock stuff that we have. And then, and then we're insecure about our choices when it comes to making music. And then we're insecure about our music. 
because we didn't have the dopest whatever gear to make it. And I feel like I just always encourage people, use what you have. I'll tell you, when you do use what you have, you might be surprised. I mean, it's almost like like when I was a kid, when we'd be like, it's nothing in the kitchen to eat. And my mom go in there and whip up something, and it's the best dinner from exactly. stuff that was already in there. <laughs> exactly. you know I mean? exactly. It's a similar thing. Like, you can find that, like, the basic stuff that you have, if you're creative and you kind of get into a mode where you're inspired, yeah. you can make whatever you got really work for you on a, on a, on a big level. And one of the reasons why I bring this up is because you already know our Marco Polo chat is always us saying new things we want. We want, yeah. this, we want this. And, but then we talk about it with each other. And then guys like Ken come into the chat and be like, well, you know, this does this already. So you don't really need <laughs> That's right. You know, so we need, we need that voice to say stuff a lot because a lot of times we're just spending money aimlessly, which I get, you know, I get capitalism. I get, you know, making money. But, yo, it affects you in the long haul because mm -hmm. new plugins come out every day. And if you're buying stuff every day, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a problem. That's, that's a problem. That's Who was it? Uh, uh, our other homies in the, in the group chat, he said, um, Rod, he said that he <laughs> there was one time where him and he, he was online. I don't know. He was talking to Joe or talking to Ken a couple years back. He was online and it was some sale going on and with some plugins and he's like i bought so many plugins that night i don't use none of them <laughs> I, was just, I was just caught up in plug-in buying bodies buy oh, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. yeah what's funny is it was it was him and joe joe from soundsandgear.com and joe and him both they spent like they probably spent at least a couple hundred dollars or more oh. that night and i doubt either one of them used it yeah, more than, more than more than five times. If they used them more than five times, I'd be amazed. No, Joe don't even use MIDI. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What he doing all that? That that made me laugh so hard, man. Because they was like they was gassing each other up back and forth. Yeah, that's hilarious, Did you see this one? I just bought it. Yo, that's hilarious. Somebody yeah. say gassing it up. <laughs> no, and this is and. Corey, you know me. You know I'm an addict, bro. I'm mm -hmm. an addict. Like, and this is coming from me. Like, I, I'm always like, yo, I want to get this. I want to get this. Like, I. Yeah, you know, we all are. <laughs> yeah, we all are. But it's just one of those things where I'm just like, man, I gotta justify spending this money so that it comes back. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I make my living off of this, that's why I try different tools too, because I'm always looking for a different texture, different sound, and also a quicker workflow. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, here's another thing with that. Like, yeah, because I know what you mean. Quicker workflow can make the, all the difference. And yeah. sometimes you may have something that does a certain thing, but if you can get something similar that has a quicker workflow that makes things a little easier, mm -hmm. I can't front on that. Now, that brings me into the thought about what I was going around about this weekend. I mean, this during this week, right? So I did that, that pack, the mm -hmm. uh, District 808. Um, and then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? District 909 too, sample pack. And I started uh, using a software version of the 909. And I was like, I could just use this. I could just use this. And I really was racking my brain like, what else I got? I think I can do some 909 with this, do some 909 with that. But then I know that once I had played with the, the, the TR-09 uh, 
at one point. And I remember how punchy it was to my surprise. And honestly, I think the snare on the TR-909 sounds better than the original 909 snare. I don't know what it is. Maybe because I kind of like a, good, a little bit of top end, a little more top end on mm. my snares and stuff. So it cracks a little harder than the original. Because, you know, the original 909 sounds are more round, I think. Uh, yeah, I think more that's dark. why I don't like. I think that's why I'm not a fan of the 909. The yeah, only, yeah. only sound I like the 909 clap. Mm -hmm. I like uh, I like the toms. Right. I like I'm gonna hold my tongue on the 909 until Corey's done said his piece. I got plenty on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I, here, here's the thing about it though. Um, I was using a software which is which was pretty dope. And I was cool, but I knew it didn't punch as well, and I could make it punch. Uh, do some stuff, but I don't know. Well, anyway, I picked up the 909. I mean, the TR-09. I wish I picked up a 909, but I picked yeah, up the TR-09. No billion dollars on a 909 right now. Yeah, no doubt. I ain't on that. So, but the but the thing is, it really does have more punch. Like it's more gratifying, like more instant, and then the the tweakability that's right at your fingertips kind of made it, it was just what I needed. And I think that's that comparison of. Working with what you got versus something that might, you know, you, you don't have that may give yeah. you a little something that may make your workflow a little easier or give you that extra little oomph that you don't have. Um, and I definitely could tell the difference between this, a this, this ACB technology and the TR09 and that software version. So let me just say this. I've, I've toyed with the idea of doing 808 and 909 packs for a minute, but I've never done it because I don't have an actual 808 and 909 in my arsenal. However, I have a ton of analog modular versions of those same components. Mm -hmm. I always tend to name the products differently. Now, I haven't done a strict like, hey, let me do like really clean versions of these things. I always end up processing them and doing That's something a, different because there's a lot of 808s and 909s out there. there but this has been like, so for instance, I have like the audio damage boom shack and I have the mutant, uh, uh, mutant drums from Hex Inverter, uh, like the mutant snare and whatnot. Now, these are, have elements of that same style sound in them um you can certainly achieve very 909 like character with that and 808 like character with those mm -hmm. i always tend to just let them be their own thing and i've got lots of software that can do that stuff but man i, I really tend to veer away from using the software for the sound pack stuff just because i'm like well they really want that they can use the software to get that the fault, the fault with my thinking is, and this is this is where I'm like mega contradictory of myself, is that the whole point of a lot of these sound packs is that people want the sounds that are sculpted by the sound that's designers it. and engineers who know how to yep. do it. Yep. So it's not really about what you use. It's really about your end result. And is the end result good enough to sell? And truth be told, using software most certainly can be. Dramazon, um, mm -hmm. There, you know, there's there's a lot of great 808 and 909 style VSTs that when you mix them properly and when you compress them and you, when you EQ them, they sound fabulous and, in my opinion, could certainly be warrant, you know, selling a, a product like that. So <clears throat> here's the here's the other thing, Ken. You you made a lot of good points. Um, the the fact that we're sound designers and we can shape things into like it's always gonna be when I'm designing something, it's always gonna be my 
interpretation or reimagination, reimagining of of whatever it is, like something, especially when it's something like the 808 or the 909. So in this case, too, this, the District 808 and the District 909 sample packs are actually they have loops in them, too. Yes. So part of the thing with the loops is that I wanted the real feel of that 808 and 909 sequencer. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because actually the, the 909 has a really particular kind of swing. I used to hate it back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it was hip hop. Like you, you, you see cats, you know, way rappers used to have two, two dancers with them all the time. When I see them dances, I hear like, that 808-909 swing, the way things yeah. used to kind of swing and they would use the toms and it would almost sound go-go and stuff. So that's also part of the reason why I say, you know what, I'm going to get the actual unit because some of the loops that I do, I want them to have that that feel from the sequencer on the device. I'm going to say right now, if you, didn't, if you didn't like Mantronics, I probably don't like you. <laughs> see, Mantronics used right the Man crap out of the at 909. Yeah, so, but see, Corey, that's one of those things that's one of those things where I'm like, there's certain references I know mm -hmm. that are 909s, but then there's like, you're, there were some other records you were mentioning. I was like, man, I never heard that joint. Yeah, yeah. Heard, you know, so for me, it's like, yeah, I'm more comfortable with the 808 because I grew up more listening to music that had 808s. And that's another elephant in the room that I want to talk about. What you hear on records now is not 808s. These are subtone sine waves these are not mm -hmm. 808 exactly and that's that's really what i was kind of getting at with yeah, a lot right. of the modular drums and stuff that i use that's why i never really name it that way because i have a pet peeve about people calling 808s that aren't 808s like when you say 808s it's like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> oh, oh so you have multiple 808 drum machines on your record is that what you're trying to say like <laughs> it's just, uh, it's a pet peeve. like go listen to an egyptian lover reasons like, that's 808 yeah yeah you know what I'm saying? like that's 808 music like go that's true. You know, like that's real 808 you know what you know what won me over to the 808 i saw this video on youtube uh, a couple years ago with the dailyus yeah, the Dalias did a good comparison oh. of the, the TR, what is, was it, the TR-08 or the TR-8? No, but this was a video before that. Where, oh, really? Yeah, where it was him using his 808 that was broken. So it had, like, crazy noise coming out of it. So, like, the outputs were jacked up. So his 808 sounds a certain way, and he did this whole thing where he did this offset of a rhythm that was crazy because instead of starting the kick drum on one, he started it on and. And it created this crazy pulse. And that's when I fell in I love. That video, yeah. That's when I fell in love with mm -hmm. the sequencing in the 808. I was like, that well, is that's madly. <laughs> no, 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 but but I've only had experience with 808 samples. I've never well, that's because you're young and you were you were born in like 2005, right? No, I was not born in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I was telling Corey that. Uh, he said 2005. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I, you know what? He said that, but in my mind, I heard 85. But then so later, I'm like, wait, yeah, I was born, 2005. I was born 84. And for me, it's like I was born when the 808 was the thing in music. Like, I was born in 1984. Like, every freaking album had a, a TR-808 on it. So for me, I'm just like, I'm not really too familiar with 909s and stuff like that. So that's why I can I tell you, I can tell you personally, like, 
Yeah, when, yeah, when Beastie Boys cut that mm-hmm. album and they scream right on there, nothing sounds quite like an 808. And that was yeah. that was late. That was shoot. That was when they did uh, go breaking and all that. What, what was that? Uh, Intergalactic and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, Intergalactic but, uh, was stupid, man. Well, I don't even know why you mentioned that. That mess that takes my head away from everything. <laughs> when you mention Intergalactic, that is one of the greatest joints of ever that, all time. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> so, is. That- Super but like, but the thing was, is like before that, you know, we had been hearing the 808 so much, and and everybody kind of knew what it was, and it was kind of everywhere. But it was like that, and the fact that they did, uh, oh, what's that song? They reversed the 808. Oh yeah, God, I'm yeah. Trying to... oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Paul Revere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Paul Revere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all of that kind of just like. Man, so it, it like that was that was kind of like a soundtrack of the youth. Bro, so, Marvin Gaye had the eight. To me, yes, and Marvin Gaye got one of the best drum programs for that sexual healing of all yep. eight oh eight time. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he, so, he made those few steps sound like <laughs> like heaven for real. Yeah, man, and that's that's kind of why I like the eight oh eight because for me it's very diverse. Now, when it comes to the nine oh nine. I've I've grown to love a lot of the sounds in it, but I never use them traditionally in the way they're used in the actual um, 909 drum machine. Like I'll take a 909 tom and mm-hmm. turn that into a bass sound. Right, right, know? right, right. Because I love the texture of the 909 tom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll you know loop up the middle of it and create a bass tone with it, Dope. and I love. So I'll I'll do creative sampling with it. Because I never really liked the 909 as the drum machine. I liked the 909 for the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well that was always my thing is that even if I had an actual 808 and 909 in my studio, I I don't think I would make 808 and 909 sound packs like that. I would be making things where I'm like, oh, process through this or use this or use that. That's the whole thing with the District 808 and District 909 that I'm doing. It's really a reinterpretation of... Mm -hmm those source files, you know what I mean? Those sounds that like, I, I want to dirty them up. And I'm actually, because I know the history that it has with, with hip hop, I'm actually like almost using techniques that would be similar to those guys back in the classic hip hop days, yeah. sampling 909s and 808s or recording them through those old boards and, and horrible equipment or whatever it was, or vintage yeah. equipment. But that's part of what made the classic 808 sound because mm-hmm. they did run it through horrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's... Man, even when you think of stories of um, Cool Herc sampling the 808. Yeah, yeah. And then it playing out of his sampler in a certain way. That's it. That's exactly so, it. Because a lot of times you you would have cats sampling nine oh nines and eight oh eights like Ken don't like that the, with the S on it, but you have them sampling the nine oh nine and the eight oh eight drum machines into like SP twelve hundreds and yeah. you know what I'm saying and and stuff like that SP twelves during that time probably. Um, so yeah, that's man, actually, that's actually the eight oh eight that a lot of people associate the sampled yeah. version of it. Yep, nec- yep, exactly. Like, especially when it comes to hip hop, it's not necessarily the drum machine it's the sampled version of it that became right that's it that's real like and that's kind of the thing is where now you see how relevant samplers are because the color and texture Mm -hmm. that samplers add to analog drum machines and they add to all these other things is what actually makes it 
palatable for everyone because sometimes you might not like the way the drum machine sounds by itself, but the moment you run it into a sampler and it gets mm -hmm. degraded to 12 bit That's and it. it has that feeling where it's a little bit beefier and more mid rangey, then it's oh, I like this because it yeah. sounds more like a real drum. Yeah, and that's what's tripped out too, man. With the loops that I was making for this, for this, for this sample pack, some of the loops I was just sitting here last night listening to, and I'm like, that don't even sound like a 909 anymore. But what's dope is that it does sound like classic hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So and that's, that's kind of that that lane with this this these two packs that I'm doing. Well, one thing one thing that I've learned, Corey, is that especially with doing sound packs, is that you don't really sell a sound anymore. You sell nostalgia. Yeah, 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 word. Yep. You know, it's not, you know, and yes, we have to be skilled at what we do and we have to take what our our craft seriously, but mm -hmm. a lot of what we do is selling people memories. Yep. You know, we're selling them their child we're we're selling them their childhood. Yeah. That's like, word. hey, like you know what? I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I was like, man, you remember when the ice cream truck used to come by your hood? Yeah. And they used to have the the WWF wrestling ice cream cones. What WWF wrestling ice bro, cream no, no, no. cones? No, nah, okay. bro. What, no. What's this for bro, real? It's the, that must have been on the East Coast. I ain't seen that yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, okay, anybody in the chat, if you remember the WWF ice cream cones, and it was like uh, it was like the ice cream stick. Um, Ken, let me know if you remember this. It's the stick with like a cookie. Right, it's like a cookie ice cream sandwich with a wrestler with a wrestler printed on the yes. cookie. What? I remember Bro. this. I remember this very well. I ain't never seen that. I used to <laughs> my parents. I'm like, I want that Hulk Hogan ice cream. The Hulk Hogan <laughs> and <laughs> was it was it shaped like a line and, of cocaine uh, for Hulk Hogan? No, it was, <laughs> it was like a shape. It was shaped like almost like an oval, like a football on a stick. But it was like a no, but Corey, Corey is still Corey's right though. The the it was the ultimate warrior. The inside of that yes. wall cocaine. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo. To clarify, yeah, I'm just saying it's just it's one of those things. Is where like, yo, I would pay anything now to have one of those just to feel like I felt like I was 12. Yeah, yeah. Word. So so imagine. Yo, remember, um, uh, Ken, you remember Listen, the Ninja on. Turtles? Remember the Ninja Turtle ones with the ice with the gumball eyeballs? Yeah, and the and the baseball mitt one. Oh yes! <laughs> oh, oh I want that right now. <laughs> um, Let me listen. That's why uh, when I did so, and actually, I don't even think I ever put a pack out with this stuff. But for personal nostalgia, I got. A Sid Guts, which is the Sid chip from the Commodore 64. I grew up 64. I didn't even have an NES in my household, um, but I had a Commodore 64. So when I built mine, my, my Sid Guts module for my Eurorack, I actually opened up my old Commodore 64. Not only did I take the chip, the Sid chip from it, but I also took the output capacitors from the actual computer and put it in there because I wanted mm -hmm. that exact sound. So I know what you mean. Dope. But that, yeah, that's, that's kind of similar to why all of us have, have, you know, had our bouts of fiending for Rhodes pianos and yeah. most of us have them now, but there's a whole thing. How many Rhodes pianos, uh, uh, emulations and sample Rhodes pianos that we come across before we 
actually ended up getting a Rhodes piano. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's that, that's that nostalgia. Like there's, there's certain things about like a mini Moog and a Rhodes that I loved before I even knew what those things were. Yeah. That sound. But check this out, Corey. But now you wonder why companies won't come up with new synths. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. To create, to, cause that's the thing, right? Creating today's memories and today's nostalgia for tomorrow. Right. So, so that's why I'm telling you right now, in the year 2030, FL Studio will be a, a vintage synth. Word. It will I be vintage. See, that's, I've, been saying, I've been saying this for quite a long time. Yeah, I, I totally and you agree. Know what? And you know what? It has every right to be because it, it's nostalgic for the kids now. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and I'm not mad at that because the same stuff that you can do in Pro Tools, you could do in FL Studio. You can. It's just a blank canvas. It's just how the creator is using it. And yep, that's yep. something that, man, I just, me personally, I wish somebody would just come up with a new synth so that we can try something new, like some new form of synthesis, some new form of like. Well, see, know. that's the thing. New form of synthesis would be like the, the, the thing that would be innovative. But I think a new synth, and we all kind of love this synth, a new synth that's going to be a classic later is the Matrix Brute. Oh, yeah, Matrix Brute. Yeah, Matrix Brute is definitely, I, I would put, most of the stuff, because even when you think of the micro group, mm-hmm. it's that's that joint was that joint is fire. Like I love yeah. it. Yep, I agree. Like the I love it. Man. It is one of my favorite favorite scents. Actually, I think the brutes the brutes will kind of go down in in the long term um, as like the revival of the analog. It is. Situation. This was it clearly is. It, it was yep. that mini brute. And, and I'll tell you what, man. Like I do, I do a lot of work with Arturia. So, like, I, I'm acutely aware of the sound of these things, but I'll tell you what, man, the Mini Brute, Micro Brute, and Matrix Brute all have a different tone. Yeah, they yeah. all sound different, and mm-hmm. they all have, like, it's, man, when the when the Mini and the and the Micro came out, when the Micro dropped, I was I was like, oh snap! Like, it, it does sound different. It has a very different. Um, Refined sound in the mini brute. The mini brute growls totally different if you play with the two. Yep. I I like the micro brute because it's a it's an extremely dangerous device in a small package, mm-hmm. and I could take it anywhere with me. I'm not gonna oh, yeah. I'm not gonna be on you know on my lawn with the matrix brute. Maybe Ken will. Maybe Ken will be on his lawn. Not with the matrix, man. Not with the matrix, man. I, I do need to up my gains, but I'm not upping my gains like that because that sucker is heavy. Yeah, I'm going like, I'm to I'm go ahead and make the declaration, though, as if I need another synth. That matrix brute going to be mine and in, in, at some point. It's it's just one of those kinds of things. We all plotting, Corey. Yeah, all, yeah. All of us are plotting how to get it because... <laughs> And you know what? What's beautiful about the Matrix Brute, it's still more affordable than a Model B. Yeah, yeah. Or the Voyager. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yo, this joint offers you so much more mm-hmm. as far as functionality, even in tone. It could be, I, it could easily be a four thousand dollar scent. Yeah, because it's it, it's such a dope chameleon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. it could be a lot of things, and. Mm-hmm. Yo, if you know how to use oscillators and envelopes, it can literally be a mini drum machine. Yeah. Yep. Let yep. me ask you guys this. Listen, hold on. T- to kind of get back to that previous topic, I got to ask, what are your favorite VST drum machines? My favorite VST drum mm. machines? 
Yeah, because we, we were talking about doing like basically hardware style packs and whatnot. But what are your actual favorite drum machines that are that are VST? Okay, I, my my favorite. I have three that I use all the time. I use okay. uh, I use uh, Heartbeat by Softube. Here it is. I was just about. Oh to yeah, that's Heartbeat. great. Yeah, that I, I is cold blooded. I yep. use I use Tremor by F Expansion. Oh yeah, I use that. That joint. That's that joint is ridiculous though. Like and I don't know. It's pretty underrated. Like it kind of got it got a little bit of buzz when it came out, but I don't see anybody talking about it these days. But man, that thing is really dope. A lot of people only use what's popular, and that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah, I hear you. Uh, uh, and then this wouldn't be a drum machine. This is more of a sampler, but I use guys too. I was just about to say that too. Yeah, like a lot. Yo, guys, too, has some of the ultimate sculpting capabilities of any freaking drum machine thing in the universe. Like, it has like multiple envelopes, it has a whole modular section, it has a transmod section that you can modulate everything. It's you know, that's the thing. There's iPad drum machines that are pretty dope out there. Yes. Yes, so, the the drum synth in in um in Core Gadget is crazy dope. Oh, don't even start with Core Gadget though. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Core Gadget that I'm like, why aren't these standalone VSTs like, or why aren't they boxes? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I'm just like, yo, I I, I feel like that's how they're prototyping up. new devices. <laughs> oh, let's let's talk about the Volcas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so I, I actually had to, I modified my Volca because I, I didn't really like the snare, but I really like the kick. Mm -hmm. I find I find the Volcas to be really like them, but at the same time, I'm like, man, like, oh, if they just kind of expanded this idea a little bit or that idea a little bit, like that Volca sample, I would love to have one of those if it actually sampled. Like I had it and I and I took it back. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's... No, you, you like Volcas and, and joints like that. I'm surprised to hear you took it back. No, well, here's the reason why I took back the Volca. Sample specifically. Number mm -hmm. one, you can't sample into it. Oh, you have to load samples in? Yeah, you have to load samples. Yeah, you got to load them in through an iOS app. Number two, you can't turn quantize off. That's what I don't like about any of the Volcas. Yeah. They're all fixed. And for me, that's a drummer. I like to have expression when I create music. So mm -hmm. I only buy anything that sequences. I only buy something that has that flexibility that I can be on the grid or off the grid. Mm -hmm. I'm never gonna. You're never gonna see me buy something that doesn't give me the option because that's a deal, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Another an, another drum synth that I use a ton is uh, Waldorf's Attack. Oh, I don't have oh, that. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah, man? Waldorf Attack is. Oh dope. man, it's, Attack is dope. But is it complicated? Yeah, Attack is crazy dope. What's that? Is it super complicated? Um, I'm driving, so it's it's breaking uh, up I don't think it's complicated. He's asking, is it's not complicated? No, it's it's really not that complicated. You you sit down with it for thirty minutes, and you'll kind of get it. The um. On the surface, it's kind of basic, but as you start digging in, you start realizing how deep it goes. And the synthesis is crazy. It'll do, uh, it can do vocal formant synthesis as well, so you can actually make it say things. Oh. Into it, and it'll sing it back to you. 
What? That's some that's some witchcraft, B. <laughs> yeah, and it's on iOS. It's on iOS as well as VST. Okay, so I guess that will be purchased right now. Yo, I use it. I use it on my on my iPad more than anything. Dope. And yeah. then I just I just sample it straight into my to my other gear. Like I'll sample it right away into machine or whatever. I forgot about elastic drums that I use all the time. Oh wow! Crazy drum synth, you know, like and it's and heard for, you talk about elastic drums before. And for me, and, and here's the thing: it's all about workflow, man. Like if, if it works for you, it works for you, you know. Because you know, I use really cheap, horrible things to make dope stuff, and it's just because I've I've learned. No, it's, I've learned technique, and I think at the end of the day, if we kind of study technique, which I know yeah, you yeah. have, which I know Ken has, mm -hmm. we learn, like like we were talking earlier about compression, we learn how to use all these different types of compressors. We learn how to use all, all different types of EQs. We learn how to use transient designers, all this stuff that we can take garbage and literally make stuff sound Super dope. I do. T I do tend to like a lot of garbage, uh, and I've always been that way. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of cool garbage out there, though. There is. There's, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. I grew up. I grew up on an SK1 sound, so it's like yeah. now when I hear like you know what what would be a garbage sampler sound, I'm like, oh, I love that. I love hearing like but ain't that crappy, the stuff we try like, to achieve? Low... Right. That's the that's what's crazy about it. We we try to achieve that. We, we try to achieve garbage. Yeah, we try to achieve the garbage. Look, <laughs> you know what? Let check this out. The thirty six thirty compressor is is like legendary. You can get them for thirty bucks. You yeah. can get, get them for thirty, 30 bucks. bucks, and they sound so great. But they aren't the like. It's not like. A high-end compressor. They sound pretty you know, terrible. They, they sound, sound pretty, pretty terrible. terrible but it's but terrible in the best possible way. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you can you can use them you can use them to your advantage. Like you, you right, can use yeah. them as an effect. You yep. know. Yeah. That well, dude. Look at how 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 inexpensive the DBXs are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get those yep. for like sixty bucks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and but they hit though. Yeah. They, yep. they without hit. a doubt. And I'm just like, I mean, and then the DBXs though, let like, okay, so the 3630, at least the 3630 is known for like dance music and stuff, but the uh -huh. DBXs really was a huge part of hip hop yep. <laughs> back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, Probably man. still. I mean, that's that's one of those things people don't talk about. We talk about all the samplers and stuff, but we were also using a lot of other stuff with those samplers, and the DBX yeah. compressors was one of them. Yeah, man. And, and about spending the time and effort to to take something like a thirty six thirty. You can get the older thirty six thirties, and you can modify them extensively. Like yep. I mean, yep. extensively. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you can turn them into something that that rivals a you know a thousand dollar more compressor. But you have to be willing to put in a decent amount of work. Do you think that that's worth it to put in all that kind of work on modding something that that starts out as garbage um, and modding it in that way? into something pristine and boutique or do you feel like oh, i should have just bought you know a warm audio or something yeah but ken what what i love about trying the modding stuff is the experience that comes with that mm -hmm. like you yeah. might you might mess up and destroy your compressor by trying to mod it but it's you actually learning what's inside of it and learning how yeah to yeah work. i've had a lot i've had a lot of like heart and throat moments like I, I modified my mpc 2000 xl and this was like Ooh, not that long after they had come out <laughs> and they were still they were still a lot of money oh. and like yeah and i fried it <laughs> like I, I fried <laughs> but this is back before i had had a lot more 
um, knowledge, you know? So, like, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing, even in the slightest. But I got, man, I got these man-sized balls, and I just tried it anyway. And, <laughs> and I failed miserably. I got this man-sized failure going on, too. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. <laughs> has the quote of the podcast. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me tell you about how dude, I, I smoked this. Thing. I turned it on, and the thing started smoking, and I was like, that's not good. So I had, I had to pay to have an actual technician come out and fix it. Uh, or, or for me to actually, actually, I took it. I had to drive to a to a TV repair shop, and luckily that guy was able to figure it out. Um, but, but yeah, but the point was is that I was willing to take this this risk, and the main reason I took that risk was because I was too cheap to just go out and buy an actual eight out for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not willing to spend like the 250 or 350 dollars whatever it was at the time but i'm willing to try and like break this 1800 dollars piece of equipment yeah yo, but that, you know what though that was a different time though too ken like it wasn't like just all of this like stuff at your fingertips that you could just jump on the internet and grab any and everything yeah. possible I was or, desperate. or even there wasn't a lot of money too though i mean i had an mpc 2000 excel and i was like i ain't buying nothing extra for it <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't got no more money for this. Ain't no, yep. ain't no, ain't no outs. Ain't no effects board. It took me a long time to get the outs, man, because it was just one of those things. Like I gotta figure out what I'm gonna eat for lunch for the next few, few long weeks. I copped a three thousand XL used. I yanked the eight outs out of that and the and the effects board out of it, and I modified the cable so that it would reach because the cable in the in the three thousand is a lot shorter. So I had to get a new cable and all, and then I had, I promptly fried my my board, and luckily it was just like a fuse resistor or something in there. But uh, yeah, man, like that. Sometimes you got to be willing to 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 sacrifice, you know, y- y- your soul <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. to make it happen. Oh, I really, you know, <laughs> look, look. I, if I tell you story, I've had breakups. I've broken up with girls just because I'm just like, look. Um, I'm gonna be able to take you out on no date. <laughs> I need this money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm just letting you know right now, this piece of gear is more important than our relationship. And I, <laughs> like I'm That's letting you know, because it was it was like you know when you're standing there, you're like, okay, I can make beats with this, but I can hang out with you. I can make beats with this. That's right. <laughs> Especially if it's a moment when she's argumentative about Yeah, it, it, it's like you getting on my nerves. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like you too much right now. Mm-mm. Yeah. You're savage. Disposable. This gear is gonna love me. That's, that's young D Steel. Thank God older D Steel is a happily married man for almost a decade. So hey. Young yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man. That was, that was a savage. Somebody's asking, was there an expansive, an expansion ROM to upgrade the MPC two thousand? Now there were, they were, there were like effects cards. There were no. Well, you could get ROM. more memory. You could get more memory, and yeah, there but, was actually uh, there. Hold on now, because you got to say no, but you, you're kind of wrong. There was was a, there there was sound cards that you could throw into because that's there was a, there was ROM. a ROM chip that you could put in it. They were pretty darn rare. Um, there was, but from I'm trying to remember exactly what it was called, but there was a ROM chip and it would let you you could actually change out 
how your metronome sounded, and I think it was like maybe five megabytes worth of sounds. But it was really? like, I don't even know if it was official or what, but I know you could do that um, because I, I had I had searched high and low trying to get a hold of one at one point a long, long, long time ago. This is you know this would have been back in like probably 2004 or something like that. I was trying to get this thing. I, I feel you. I just man, this that, that was a year before Steel was born. Yes, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> yeah, 2004, right? Um, you know what's crazy? The fact that that all these companies are offering products that come with like 20 to 30 gigs of sounds. When yeah, really. When we bought when we bought equipment back in the day, that joint came mad empty, nothing. It came with like like 30 megabytes of sound, and then that's it. Yeah, and that was heavy, dude. That was heavy because I remember. I remember when I got my ASRX and I was like 64 megabytes. I'm doubled what my MPC could do. This is amazing. <laughs> you guys see? Did you guys see um, the recent Sonic State Sonic State joint where they were doing the the interview with the guy that does the Fairlight restoration? Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yo, did you hear how much memory used to come in that thing? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so it's like a. Like a 25 megabyte drive. I was like, yo, that is crazy. I tell you what, man, the uh Yeah, and, and some of that stuff, like like you were saying about FL Studio being classic, it's like, you know, Fairlight is now a classic sound and it's and it's you know, essentially it was software. You know, it had a little bit of hardware to it, but yeah, I mean that's that's essentially a software sound engine as well. Yeah, that, that joint was uh that was probably like the first digital Well, I think that was the first digital sample. Yeah, it so. was the first it was it was would you consider um I I know this is not the same kind of thing, but would you consider the Synclavier to be at that level of something like that? Well, it did sample resynthesis. Uh -huh. um, so, and that was that was right around the same time, right? So, yeah, I don't remember exactly. I'll tell you what, I used the crap out of that Arturia uh, Synclavier. That Synclavier that V is yeah, phenomenal. I love that thing. What What's the price of a real Synclavier looking like? Oh, money. Uh, oh. I don't have that kind of money, so I don't, I don't <laughs> even. Uh, yeah. I don't even look at them anymore because I, like, I, I, I almost had enough now. money to buy the question. controller. I almost had enough money to buy the controller keyboard at one point. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, that's no. just not gonna happen. Plus, like, I'll be honest with you, man. That's one of those things where I like the software more than I think I would like that hardware, just because the software gives you so much easier control, and you yeah. get, dude, it's like that exact sound like it's and, awesome man and you get all the modern computing aspects of it because because you, they they modeled it all the way down to the dac and everything yeah. so like you get you get all of it out of it and, and i really i really dig that software man it's it's really to get that 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 kind of weirdly enjoyable garbage it has that you know i like i like the matrix 12 that's one of my favorite that I really enjoy out of the oh yeah, Matrix Twelve sounds incredible. It does. Yeah, I, man, if I could afford one of them joints, man. Ooh. I was telling, I think it's Ken. I was telling the other day, one of the keyboards that I really want, and I just haven't had the guts to go buy it, is because is I want a Monopoly. That's what oh, I want. oh, but you you know it's funny. See that that goes back to the conversation too. Um, I've heard old head synthesis. 
be like, why is everybody crazy about the monopoly? It wasn't even a great synth to begin with. You know, like same thing. I've heard people say that about like the JX3P or the Juno mm-hmm. or something. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't, but those sounds though are like nostalgic yeah. and, and their shortcomings, just like, you know, you know, nobody, nope, nobody loved those 808 and 909 drum machines. People did, but I'm saying like when it came out, it was kind of almost considered a failure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until hip hop and dance folks got a hold of it. You know what I mean? Well, but yeah, well, the monopoly is dope. Yeah, well, one, I thing that I, one thing that I've learned about my workflow is that, believe it or not, I feel like hardware synths are faster to work on than plugins for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's sitting right in front of me. It's all the knobs are laid out. I can touch it. I can make my patch really fast. When it comes mm-hmm. to plugins, it's cool. I can design the patch fast, but then I got to throw like another plugin on top of it to make it sound like the outputs of the actual synth that I want it to sound like. And it's just like a lot of work with plugins to get it to sound. Mm-hmm. Some plugins, it's not a lot of work. Like if I use Diva, it's not a lot of work. Yeah. If I use yeah, Heartbeat, not a lot of work. Yeah, heartbeat is not a lot of work. Repro one, not a lot of work. It's just some for some reason whatever coding they did in the modeling it's beautiful and it sounds almost like a real synth like mm-hmm. as far as but then again when you think of the word synth it's something synthesized yeah yeah, so yeah. it's just depending on what kind of texture and color you like it yeah. almost sounds like a real fake thing yeah it's like a real thing. fake thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and i think I, like very early i subscribed to the to the thought of like i don't care if it's analog or digital if it sounds good it sounds good i'm happy oh i'm still about that i, I mean i i'm very intrigued and in love with analog but i'm not like a, a snob about it i mean i i like I like digital to do what digital does well. You know what I mean? If it sounds good, it sounds good. And and there's merit in the that's why I've like, you know, digital oscillators in my in my uh my Eurorack system. And you know, I've had plenty digital sense come through here. You know, the thing is you just gotta love them for what they are. Yeah. When you start trying to make everything everything, that's when things get crazy. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's where the nostalgia battle fails because mm-hmm. when companies try to market plugins as analog modeled you're never gonna win like you're mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't say that a plugin you can't don't if it, it was up to me please don't put the word analog in any plugin <laughs> that's <laughs> word that's true please don't do that that's right yeah like just don't do that it's like it's it's like when like remember that marco polo when i told you like Yo, if you ever hand me Miracle Whip, we're not friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't put Miracle Whip in anything. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, uh, this is tangential. Like but I'm just saying. Yeah, but Ken, you like garbage. Yeah, that's true. true. I'm also white. There's I've that. heard somebody putting Miracle Whip in their guacamole. I've heard of restaurants <laughs> putting Miracle Whip in their guacamole to stretch it. What? That is like, that's, that's a sin. I, no! Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I thought that was illegal. Oh, <laughs> it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't yeah, get with yeah. that, but I don't crazy. know. Yeah. No, I, yo, that person. Oh, hey, hey, you were talking about the monopoly, but Korg didn't Korg like recently announce that they were coming with something at NAN that's supposed to be uh Bomb Diggy? What's going on there? Wait, anybody, they, anybody they heard anything? Monopoly on the iPad, right? Well, no, like they, they said they're supposed to be coming with it with a flagship analog or something. Yeah, and the Monopoly on the iPad sounds good. But yeah, they are supposed to be coming with something flagship. 
Um, have any of you guys messed with that Korg, uh, King Korg? I have. I, I have, but I, I haven't not expensive. I've never messed with it. I think it sounds pretty good, yo. That, I didn't think it sounded bad. I didn't care for the interface. Um, it just didn't do it for me. Um, I don't think it looks great. It wasn't inspiring, but I think it sounds pretty good. If 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 they were cheap enough, I'd be like, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I could definitely see it being great for for a musician who's gigging and and touring and whatnot. But like have just everything right there. For studio, it just didn't do it for me, man. But yeah, it, what is it exactly though? Like, can is it? It's it's a it's for the time. It was their flagship uh, virtual analog synthesizer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's it's got a whole bunch of different filters in it, and you know, it's it's got some nice VA modeling in it. Uh, I don't know if it's related to the radius at all, as far as that engine, but. Um, I, I've never been that big on Korg's virtual analog in, in their hardware. Like, I had the uh, Micro Korg, and I like the MS-2000 because of how it's laid out. I like I like the layout of it, but overall, like, the, the board that was in the Triton, um, I just didn't really, I just don't really like their, their virtual analog. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really do it for me. Neither do I. I feel like uh, some of the the montage sounded really good. I heard it the other day. Montage is dope. It's also like three grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, if I could have one of them joints. That's a lot of Eurorack modules. I know. Yeah, you know what? There <laughs> are very few, depending on who you buy from. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> by the way. Depending on which brand you buy, yeah. Ken, by the way, I heard uh, the Double Helix in person. For the first time the other day, it's a dope module, man. People are oh, sleeping on that thing, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I heard it through a uh, through a uh, a CS style filter. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I run mine like that, but you know what? In, in truth, a lot of the times I don't run it with a filter. I, I like dual oscillators. The wave. I like to wave shape them with 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 themselves. Like you know, like that's kind of the point of them is that you can use them without a filter and mm -hmm. you can wave but shape. You, but, and... but at the same time, you add to the character with a filter. So I mean, that's sure, what's sure. that much more flexible. You know what I mean? I'm but, just saying more more often than not, like the in the case that I currently have have it, I um I run basically it straight output goes right to the mixer and I'm sequencing it with the Fluxus one and uh just striking the input on it. Man, I love that thing. I think it sounds so cool. I'm, I'm interested to see how you're doing that because I know for me a lot of the um musical quality that goes into my into my um production is based off of filters. So like for instance, I build a lot of harmony and resonance with filters. That's just my mm -hmm. own style of how I do stuff. Um, and that's something that um, is real important to me. So I know definitely in my rig filter, that's one thing I'm gonna have to chop it up with both of you about. Like, yo, what's, what filter sounds the butteriest? You know what I'm saying? And what sounds the most? Uh, I can't say enough about I can say what five filter. Five filters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Five filters. Sound yeah, best. Five I'm filters not gonna just one. I got, after after I got the evolution filter, I haven't used another filter until just today. <laughs> I got I got the evolution filter, but I haven't had enough time playing with it. Like all I've done with it so far 
is compare and contrast it between the Matrix Brutes ladder filter, mm -hmm. the uh, Studio Electronics 5089 ladder filter, and the Subfatty ladder filter. Like, basically, I just took a bunch of my ladder filters, and I kind of stacked them all up and just was... I like to examine the living crap out of every module that I get and just kind of learn, okay, this one breaks up at this point this way, or this one thins out when you do this, or this one gets thicker when you do that. So I spent probably like two full days doing nothing but comparing and contrasting it to my other ladder filters to get to know it and to get to know its saturation points and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. um, which I, I hope that will benefit me somehow, but... <laughs> I I love doing that stuff. Yeah, you, well, know, you know what though, Ken? You you are very much. About I mean, it helps it helps me in workflow. Like down the road, it helps me in workflow as far as like how how quickly can I achieve the sound that I want. But yeah. that being said, even if it didn't, I would do it anyway, just because I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff. Bro, the other day I hit up Ken on Marco Polo. I'm like, yo, what you up to? He's like, I'm over here comparing oscillators. <laughs> I'm like, why? I'm like, why are you doing that? That's that's when you do this and walk out the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm comparing these two exact same oscillators from two different things. And I'm like, how long have you been doing that? He's like, for the past three hours. <laughs> I'm like, get out of here with that, bro. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I know that Ramona oscillator like the back of my hand now. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. Video coming soon. <laughs> That's the other benefit of it is I don't like doing videos on modules and stuff until I know them like the back of my hand. Because then like if I do them too quickly, then people will come into the comments like, oh, I got to correct you on this, that, and the third. Or, oh, like looks like you didn't do your damn homework. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be that dude. I'm, like, I'm trying to do other people a service. I'm not trying to cause people more, more yeah, of a hindrance. Don't you just hate when you try and do your own show? And that one dude just pops in the chat like, well, actually, I'm like, bro, if you don't get off of here. Get out. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm doing that to steal all the time. It's yeah. <laughs> so all me. I got love for Ken. Ken is my brother. So he has I, he has the open door for the well actuallys in my life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's just like, yo. Like, dude, I don't know you. Get out of here with your well, actually. Like, but, yeah. but you know what? In, in truth, Steel always hits me with the well, actually, when it comes to like obscure TV shows, like like Small Wonder or whatever. <laughs> so it's okay. I can't believe you said Small Wonder. He's small up. Wonder is that it? Oh, <laughs> Yo, so, notice, notice how we don't take risks with TV shows like that anymore. All these TV shows coming out now, all regular. Yo, back in the 90s, we had TV shows about robot maids and freaking crazy stuff. Cat-eating aliens. Yo, remember yeah. Out of This World, that girl Vicky that would stop time by going like this? Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, her, dad, yep. her dad lived in a crystal next to her bed. <laughs> you know, you had to that be means high. she was on meth. Yeah, you had to be high as hell to come up with that story. Like, yo. Which they were. That's yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, my dad oh, lived yeah. in a crystal next to my bed, but he's actually in outer space. <laughs> That's wild business. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be out your mind for that stuff, yo. I'm sorry. I loved I loved the eighties and the early nineties. Well, you know what? I guess I get I get like secondhand embarrassment when I see commercials or any advertisement. Anything if Alf shows up, I'll be like, mm, 
I used to watch that. Bruh, <laughs> bruh, all I did I'm slightly me. embarrassed. I shall not talk about Alf. <laughs> Yo, Corey, all I did as a kid was practice drums and keyboard, watch TV, and freaking play Crossfire. That's all I did. Crossfire was my jam. Bruh, that caused I, many a house fights. Bro, I, I got in trouble because I hit my brother in the eye with the crossfire joint. Yeah. You have to. That's extra points. <laughs> That's you extra points. <laughs> yo, yo, those steel marbles, man, those, those ball yeah. bearings that they had in there, they, they were hurt too because you could get them going. Yeah, yo. Yeah, I, I remember catching my brother in the eye and I got the worst beating from my parents. They're like, you don't use this as a weapon. It's a game. <laughs> Anything could be a weapon, though. I hit my cousin in the head with an Atari 2600. That didn't work out too well Bro, for him. I got in a lot of trouble for that. Corey, but. Corey, I got I got a worse one, and my brother's going to kill me. Oh, my God, dog. So you remember Transformers used to be made out of die-cast metal? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're a little this kid, ain't going well. Already. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, Yo, so I remember um, my brother was in the bathtub playing with toys you know he's in there playing with action figures and stuff and he got on my nerves and i was like here and i threw a transformer at him <laughs> so it was, he was like ah hey but the question is did you sample the impact of the transformer no, when it man, hit his I head Bro, I wasn't. I I know. I know what a sampler was at that time. And I'm like, man. But he yo, had to pull him out of the. He, had to, he was probably drowning. I had to pull him out the out the bathtub. He's pressing on Megatron. Rejuvenate. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do don't do die on me. Um, so, so yo, okay, okay. I gotta pull it back. We go pull. It back. <laughs> we went. We went mad tangential right there. Okay. Me, what is this podcast about again? What's the latest, I forget. The latest uh, uh, products that you're working on, D? And and uh, and and uh, what's your name again, there, buddy? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a pretty face. <laughs> oh, pretty face, Ken and, and D. What's the latest products y'all working on? And uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about Megatron dying and giving him help. <laughs> um, no, uh, we just came out with Lo-Fi Melodics Volume 6 the other day. Um, yeah. No, I believe either yesterday or the day before yesterday we came out with that. Y'all and, killing it with those, bro. Uh, thank you so much, man. We, Man, honestly, we always want to put out stuff that we would use ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, there's a lot of pollu- there's a lot of sound design pollution out there. And we don't want to contribute to that. Word. We want we want to make stuff that people are gonna actually make records with. They're gonna be inspired by. It. They're gonna have fun. They're gonna just feel good making this music. So we came out with that. We came out with Slump Loops, th- Volume Three recently. Uh, we came out with. You know, we come up with so much stuff. It's kind of crazy. Oh yeah, you don't be killing it. It's like. Um... You know what? Like television has the weekly show type stuff, but then you got the day daily shows, like talk shows and stuff. Y'all are more like daily shows. <laughs> it's definitely not a weekly or monthly type of thing. Y'all definitely. Yeah. You, you know what it is, Corey? It's because between me and Simp and a lot of the other guys that are working with us, we are all active producers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and we always need inspiration too. So we're in a place where we're constantly creating based off of the need for inspiration. 
Right, right. So we we just have a lot of content that we do, and it's and it's really good. And a lot of us are just really good musicians, so we just have the the ability to do this stuff. So, man, we're just blessed, man. That's all I can really say. And we just want to help everybody else create. So go to the website, go cop some stuff, cause we got to keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah, man. And the artwork is dope too, by the way. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's almost that. like that's gonna be a thing. I, I could see something later down the line, like you know, people having some sort of nostalgia for these artworks that y'all. Well, well, if you look at the artwork, it's all about nostalgia. Yeah, it's all yeah. About yeah. These things that you know just make you think about other things in other moments. So it's pretty dope. Word. Ken, what you got going on? I've been um, oh man, I've, I've been slamming out products. And not putting any of them out for anybody to actually touch. Um, <laughs> so I've, yeah, I've done probably like 25 products over the past. You've been working, boy. I don't know. Like th these guys know I've been just grinding, like just grinding hard. Um, what I've decided is that I'm not putting any of it out until uh, probably like mid-November. Uh, so yeah, you can go to shop.fluxwithit.com. The most recent thing up there would be uh, the 8-Bit Dipped. Uh, eight bit dipped was 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 pretty darn recent, um, and that's just a bunch of dope drums that uh, I processed through eight bit eleven kilohertz and kind of made it. the The goal was not to make it sound video gamey and and super super lo fi. The goal was to do the exact opposite, which is to take that lo fi format and make good sounding drums with it. Right, so you get that sheen and that grit and that dirt. But not done in a hooky way, where where it's just a gimmick. You're you're getting that 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 texture, but it's it's good quality drums. So uh, that's eight bit dipped, and I've got a I've got a bunch of other products, but I'm gonna wait until mid November to drop them. Along this with too, right? um, this is a while ago, huh? Uh, yeah, so Chemtrails is yeah, that's for Ultra Nova, and that's just a a, a pack of of presets for the Ultra Nova, which is pretty dope. Um, I still want that, man. But uh, the other thing is that um, I'm going to be doing some physical items that uh, I'm going to be selling off on my site as a – basically, I'm gearing up for NAM, and I'm on the other side of the country from NAM, so it costs me money to go out there and all. And, and mm -hmm. you know, so I thought of a way for people to be able to help support the whole Flux With It media side of things. Um and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to have stickers and I've got uh, modular jack lights and I'm going to do a couple other things that are going to be in basically like a bag of, you know, flux tchotchkes types things <laughs> that, that people can get and, and show their support um, and, and get actual usage out of too. So it'll be some cool stuff. Yeah. So shop.fluxwithit.com. Yeah. That's a new product right there, Ken. Flux tchotchke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I've I've been man. I tell you what, I'm really anxious to get like the um, I did a Emacs Rhodes uh, library. I did uh, a bunch of like uh, man. I just I I did so many products, but I'll, I'll wait until November to, before I start really talking about them and and showing them to people. What you got, Corey? Word. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Here we go. So <clears throat> as I was talking about, this is one of those things that I, I just did, just released this week, District 808. And uh, yeah, so basically this is like me reimagining sort of the 808 and maybe 
I, I think what I was trying to achieve is like having a pack that you could pull up and get some nostalgia out of like nostalgic hip hop type of deal. So really it was me taking 808s, making loops and also kind of making uh, drum samples out of it, creative little bits of creativity or inspiration. It kind of trying to make it like it, you, we talked about, like when you took, took an 808 back in the day and sampled it into um, a S950 or an mm -hmm. MPC62 or an SP1200 or something. So that was the kind of sound I tried to achieve with that. So what you'll get here is a little bit more grimy 808s. And then there's like, you know, there's 20 loops and like 60 one shots. So, and the loops are, are like going through different filters and stuff. And that that's kind of maybe a little techy, uh, the stuff that I did. But the sound is 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 kind of dirty and, and grimy. You know what I mean? But you could take these loops and then start to pull one shots off of them and create like whole new universes of stuff. So, yep. yeah. And then 909, actually, I just finished last night so that should be up in the next couple of days district 909 i'm excited about that yeah yeah <sighs> Man. So, let's see i'm gonna stop sharing that all right so fellas and to my people out in the uh you know i wanted to t I, I still want to but we'll wait till next time i want to talk about those mk2 boxes again since they starting to show up in the wild yes. um yeah, I want to talk about those. But we are just at about an hour and 20 minutes, so we're going to go ahead and call it one. Uh, thank my people who came through in the chat. Actually, Mike Acosta was in the chat. Shout out to Mike yeah, Acosta. Oh, yeah. Shout out Mike Acosta. Yeah, and uh, uh, Masada was out there. Uh, shout out to Chaz. Uh, we've been chatting it up while he was on. And uh, and everybody else that, that came through, David, Ramirez, and, and all my people, thanks for stopping through the chat. Be sure to go to uh, msxaudio.com, fluxwithit.com, beatpeople.com, and uh, support your people, man. We got more stuff. Hey, by the way, I will probably be doing a show later on today, probably around like 6 o'clock Eastern. Okay. I'm probably going to do another Lab Lounge and show today. So, no. uh, And if anybody's around and wants to jump on, just hit me oh, up. Oh, word. No doubt, man. I'll probably be around, so I'll holler at you. Yeah, that's that's on the the YouTube channel. That's that's uh, YouTube Flux three hundred two. So, okay. awesome. or, so what's right. up, Flux? You you somewhere with a backing up truck, or you doing something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Modular? Well, I'm still working on that gas <laughs> line, so so I'm I'm at Home Depot grabbing some fittings. Word. Okay, then, man. Signing off. Uh, peace to everybody. This is Beat People Podcast. All right. Peace. peace.